Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome to the Life and Torah of our Leaders. Tuesday mornings live with First Sederbis Medrash. Wonderful learning program. If you're interested in more information, you could go to their website, firstseder.org, or email Rabbi Greenspan at Rabbi, uh, his email is Rabbi Greenspan at firstseder.org. Special welcome to our Torah anytime viewers and listeners who will Bez Hashem be joining the Shir. Shurim for Chaydesh Cheshvan have been sponsored by my family, the Gross, Londoner, and Newman families, Lila Nishmas, Ben Reb Tzvi, and Lila Nishmas, my mother-in-law, Shalom Hindabash Shmuel Hakayim. Continuing in the sphere, so to speak, of the Vilna Gain, as we have for the last number of weeks, Reb Chaim Velazhner, Bitzel Velazhner, Bitzel we're now going to go uh, talk about another personality who is very much associated with the Teres Hagra. Um, Till I started learning about him, I actually thought he was a Talmud of the Gra, but I see he wasn't exactly a Talmud. And his name is Reb David Luria. Reb David Luria, better known as the Radal. Um, <coughs> he is not uh, so famous, even though if you start learning um, history of the Gra, we mentioned him numerous times in the Shurim. Um, he's very famous for his Pirush and Pirkei de Rebelezer. As we'll see, he wrote many Svarim, but we don't have um, most of them. So he was Nifter. His yard site is actually, it's interesting how this is falling out. I did a Bitzagaizichaver um, last week, and his yard site happens to be uh, this week, uh, tomorrow, Chavtes, Cheshvan. And uh, Reb Davilurya's yard said his next week on Tuesday, Hey Kislev, he was Nifter in the year 1855. His father's name was Reb Yehuda, Reb Yudel Luria. Reb Yudel Luria was the son-in-law of the Rav of a city called Baichav or something like that. Bichav, Baichav, Yosha and the old one, I guess there were two of them. It's a city about 235 kilometers east of Minsk, in that time Russia, today in Belarus. And uh, so he was a son-in-law of the Rav. The Rav's name was Yisrael Rappaport. And uh, the city at that time was an ear, Melea Chachamim, Goinim, and Tzadikim. I want to point out, is just like we don't have a lot of Svarim from the Radal, we have very little history about the Radal as well. The one Taldus of the Radal is in the Hakdama to one of his Svarim and the Zayar, written by someone named Reb Shmuel Luria, who is a relative of Reb Davaluria and was also a very close Talmud of his, put out his Svarim, put out many of the Kisve Hagra um, that he got from Reb Davaluria. So that is where most of the Taldus is coming from. So he says that the city was a city at that time full of Chachamim, Goinim, Tzadikim. Reb was the seventh generation from the Marsha, Luria, Marshalim Luria. And uh, the Radal himself, he has, in the chuvas that we have from him, which is only about five or six chuvas, um, he signs his name in at least one of them, Nin Venechet Lahagoyin Marshal, a great-great-grandson of the Marshal. Now, Rebutal was a fabulously wealthy person in his country. He was well-known, very famous for his actions, his deeds, his chachma, his midais. He would give enormous amount of money to tzedakah, all of the children in the schools in his city, he would give them their clothing. He was a big machnes oirach. Every Shabbos and Yantif, he would have numerous guests, Choshev Rabbanim and Chachmi Yisrael, at his table. He never missed the Tzvila B'Tzibur. He was careful about speaking Lashon Hara. 
He never <coughs> said anything derogatory, or not even derogatory, even if it wasn't just Lefi the Kavite, according to the respect and dignity of the person he was talking about, even his uh, hired help, he was very, he, he dealt with them in a very dignified manner. And more than anything, he was Mechavev or Mechaberes He loved and he honored the Torah. He loved Chachamim like himself. And um, <coughs> he was Zaycha to have three Gedailim for children. So the Gemara says, someone who's Mechaber, Tamid Chachamim, is Zaycha to have children, Tamid Chachamim. Late at night, he would stand in the back of the, um, the Beis Hamedrish that he designated for his children to learn for, learn there, and he would stand in the back in the dark and just enjoy watching and listening to his children, his sons, learning. So he was zeichet to three great children. The oldest one's name was Ritzvi Hersh. He was a very big tzaddik, a chassid. He never talked any dvarim betelim. He would finish shas and paiskim every era of Pesach. That was his oldest son. His second son was Rabbi Aaron Luria from the city of Minsk, who was also well known for his tzidkas and his maizim taivim. And the third one was um, Rabbi David, our, the God we're talking about, Rabbi David Luria. Rabbi Yudah was zaychet to live very, uh, to a very ripe old age. He saw great-grandchildren every Shabbos and Yantif. They would come and get a bracha from him. More than a hundred of his descendants would come every Shabbos and Yantif to get brachas. And he was nifter in the age of 91, which is very old um, for, for the times. The Radal Reb David was born in the year Tovkuf Nunches. Now Tovkuf Nunches is the end of 1797, the beginning of 1798, and this is the year that the Vilna Gain was nifter. So that's how we know he was not a Talmud of the Grah. The way Reb Shmuel Luria writes it, he says, Before the son of the Gra set, which seems to indicate to me, and perhaps I'm wrong, that again, the Gain was Nifter in the beginning of Tav Kof Nun Ches, so it was two and a half weeks into Tav Kof Nun Ches. So even though he doesn't tell us when Reb Davu was born, but it sounds like from Reb Shmuel Urya that he was born before that. So it was really the beginning of Tafkuf Nunches that the Radal was born before the Gra was Nifter. That's what that line sounds like. As a young child already, it was very clear how brilliant he was, how quick his grasp was in an, uh, a phenomenal way, and his unbelievable memory, as we'll see. At the age of five, he was already a Bucky in all of Tanakh with Rashi and the Radak, and he understood um, the entire, uh, all the rules of Diktuk. Um, at the age of six, he started to learn Gemara Rashi Taisvis, and his father, as we said, was wealthy, so he was able to hire for him Gedailim to learn with him. And the Gedailim, one of the Gedailim, he, he learned with Gedailim Acharifim, one of the sharpest ones of the times, his His name was Rameir from Siliats. Um, I could not find anything about him. Now, Reb Shmuel says that the Radal quotes this Reb Meir in Pirkei Reb Lezer, and he calls him Aluf Nuri. He calls him the teacher of uh, of my youth. Um, it is not in the Radal of Pirkei Reb Lezer that we have today. Now, there is a, somewhere in a uh, 
footnote that Rav Shmuluria writes that something wasn't fully complete about the actual printing of the Radal and Pirkei Derbelezer, and he was hoping that he'll reprint it one time in its completion. So I would assume that somewhere in the part that we don't have is where he quotes his Rebbe. I did numerous, numerous searches in all different ways, and it does not come up um, as far as I can find this quote that Rav Shmuluria says that he quotes a Maluf Neurai. Um, he learned with him for a number of years, Bi'ion, and after a few a number of years, he learned with another Rebbe. He learned Svara and how to think from Harava Gain Reb Shalom from Rebbe. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce the city. Rebbe Javitz. Again, I could not find um, anything about him or the city for that matter. Um, I could not locate where it was. Um, and I'm not even sure. Like, did he go to travel to these people's cities? Did they come to him? Very not clear to me, but he did learn with them. The age of nine, he was a Baki Balpeh in the first nine Mesechtas in Shas. Now, there's a story that's brought there by Rav Shmuluria that he heard from the Radal himself. And Reinu uh, Rabbeinu, my Rebbe, Rev Greenspan's Rebbe, Rev Revda, Zechrein Levracha, in his Sefer Yibane HaMikdash, brings this story um, when he's talking about um, Avelos over loss of spirituality. So when he was nine years old, the duke of the city heard about this Eloi, uh, David Luria. And he went to speak to him, and he was very nispal from his, his uh, brilliance. And it was even in, 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 in uh, I think he asked him questions in mathematics or something like that, in, in secular subjects. And he decided he's going to give Rabdav Luria a present. What's the present? This duke had brought in from France a... Uh, special teacher to teach his children um, languages and things like that, and he's going to give him a present that he's going to allow Reb Davaluria to come and also learn for an hour or a certain amount of time from this teacher. So, the problem was the time that he designated for Reb David to come was the time when he had a set time to chazer over the nine mesechtas. However, he cannot refuse the offer of the duke, it would be uh, risking his life, and no choice to agree to come the next day at that specific time. And he says a whole night he cried on the pain that he's going to lose that hour of Chazara. And in the morning, all of a sudden, there was a big tumult, and they heard that the teacher was found outside the city, murdered. So he was saved from having to be Mavato that hour of Taira. Rebrevd used to bring this as an example, heard in the Shuram as well, but it's in the Sefer the Ibn Amikdash of what it meant for someone to really feel the loss of an hour of learning, a loss of Ruchnis. By the age of 10, he was proficient in all Shisha Sidre Mishnah. Not just proficient, he was able to actually count how many words there were. He knew it, Mamish Balpeh. And all of his life, he thanked Hashem that he was Zoycha. He merited to what we call Girsa Diankisa, the knowledge of Torah when one is young, because that sticks with a person. And um, every single day, he would actually review the entire Shisha Sidre Mishnah. He would glance over the entire Shisha Sidre Mishnah, three starim in the morning, three starim at night, to make sure that he did not forget not even a word from the Shisha Sidre Mishnah. And as we'll see, he had a very quick way of um, reading. At the age of 12, his father made a shidduch with him, with a daughter of one of the Gvirim, the Gedoyle Vilna, from the Mishpacha, a mishpacha called Natanzen. 
the father of his father-in-law, meaning his grandfather-in-law, was named as Rabbi Yaman Natanzin. And Rabbi Yaman Natanzin was one of those who was Zaycha to be at the Siyum that the Gra made when he finished his Pirish and Safra Ditsniusa. Now this is brought down in the uh, Taldas from Rabbi Shmuel Luria. It's also, this Suda is mentioned in um, the um, Aliyah Salio. We talked about that um, when we talked about the Gra, the Taldas on the Gra. The Radal has Hagois there, as we'll see. Um, so when he finishes Pirish and Safra Ditsniusa, and um, the Gra received from Shamayim a fat goose or a fat duck um, to celebrate. In other words, somehow it came in Hashemayim to celebrate this Siyum. And his grandfather-in-law, this Rabbi Yom Nanzas, was one of those who was Zaycha to have a piece of that, um, of that uh, bird that came in Hashemayim. Now, on the story there, the Radal doesn't mention that his grandfather-in-law was there. It's only in the Taldas he says it. But he does mention that um, in Milas Hasulam, Ha'ori Yotes, over there, that's in Aliyah Salio, that this similar story happened with Reb Chaim Vital as well, that he got some type of uh, food, Minash So when he went to Vilna uh, during the Shidduch process, or after he was engaged, he gave a drasha, so he was all 12 years old, he gave a drasha in the shul, in front of all the Chachmei Vilna, and they were all nispal, they were all wowed and shocked by his sharpness and his bikiyos. And the G'dayle Vilna at the time, one was Ripshol Katzen Alembogen, we talked about him, and his Hatzkama to Nefesh HaChayim, Rav Abli, the Rav of Vilna, we've talked about him numerous times, both of them um, enjoyed talking to Rav David and learning while he was there visiting. At the age of 13 is when he actually got married and he settled in Vilna and he actually learned with Hibshal Katzen-Ellenbogen from the age of 13 until the age of 17. He taught him a Seder Halimud and he learned with him all of Shas Bavli with the Paiskim twice. So he learned Shas twice with the Paiskim in those four years. Now at the age of 17, um, now actually um, before that, he once traveled with Hibshal to to be Makabal Pan Reb Chaim Velazhin. Reb Chaim Velazhin was passing by Vilna, and Reb Shol went out to greet Reb Chaim Velazhiner, and he came with him. And Reb Shol asked Reb Chaim to give a test to Reb David on his learning. And afterwards, he gave him a bracha, Yiratzen, Sheispashen, Shimcha Ba'ilam. Your name should be famous in the world. And years later, Reb Davluria would say that anything he was zeichet to was only because of that bracha that Reb Chaim Velazhiner gave him, Kasadi Geizer Vashem Mekayim. Um, at the age of 17, he finished a pirush, writing a pirush Amasach de Brachas. And the way they, they uh, describe it, it, uh, it covered a hundred boigin. Boigin was the term they used for like big pages, printed pages. There's, you know, like uh, small uh, pages of a printed sefer, and then we have like, uh, you know, we call it chasen shas, the big shasses. So they call them the big, the big uh, uh, pages. So a hundred of those, that's how big the sefer was. Again, it's not a safer that we have. At the age of 18, he returned back to his father's house, to, to the city of um, Baichav. Um, he had smicha at that time. He received from Reb Shol and from Reb Abli and other Chachmei Vilna. He established a base, uh, base medjish for himself, and that's where he davened as well. And he used to daven Vasikin. And the way they write is, that every day they finished Kriyashma Im um, It sounds like this is Shita Sagra, 
that you're supposed to read uh, Kriya Shema um, by Neitzach And, of course, there were no atomic clocks at the time. And the Gemara talks about how, you know, it's not so easy to Milchaven Es Hasha. However, they said he has Yatza Deshmaya every day. He finished Kriya Shema with Neitzach Um While he was learning in his Bismedrish, he was Mechadesh, and he wrote many Svarim on all Chelkei Atayra, on Tanakh, on Targum, on Pirkei Blazer, Mechilta, Midrashim, Shisha Sudei Mishnah, Taisvis, Pavli, Yushalmi, Chubas Egoinim, Rambam, Shulchan Aruch, a Pirish on the Aruch, um, a safer to answer the, the, the challenges that the Apikursim said, where they <coughs> were Ma'arer, where they wrote things against uh, um, their questions on the Gemara, on Midrashim. He wrote a safer to answer their questions, um, besides for Chubas and Dalachalke Shulchan Aruch, that he answered. And others, as well, as I said, most of them have not been printed. Most of them have not been printed. All we have is on, on Zayar a little bit. We have on uh, Nefesh, David, and Chumash, Api Kabbalah. We have uh, five or six Shuvas, and we have Pirkei Drebelezer. I think that's come out all that we have from him. Um, now, the way the Reb Shmuel Luria explains it, he says, if you want to know that the reason for his great Hatzlacha were three reasons. There were three Tzibais that caused his great Hatzlacha. Number one is, Hashem gave him an unbelievable kayach of Zerizos from when he was young. And he used to thank Hashem his whole life for this kayach of Zerizos. In a short, one short hour, he was able to accomplish both spiritually and even physically what it would take a normal person an entire day to accomplish. Number two, he was zeichet to the kayach of Ksiva, of being able to write and to copy in an extremely um, quick fashion. And he said people who watch him, it was something unbelievable to see. It was so much so that people would say that it wasn't really him writing. There's something called Ashbas Al-Kumas, that a person, Al-Pi Kabbalah, is able to make the pen write by itself. And it's in his own Ksavyad, in some of his uh, writings, he actually has, in Megillah Storim, he has the way to do it. How to be Mashbiah the Kumas. So are those who said it must be that it's not him writing, it's Ashbas Al-Kumas. I seem to remember a num- a num- uh, uh, um, another one of the Gedalim where they said such a thing about him, or maybe he actually did. Um, I don't recall which of the Gedalim it was. Um, but he, he wrote very, very quickly. And not only that, he was able to copy very quickly. So he could take one glance at a, pa- at a half a page, it says, quick glance at a half a page, and immediately he would write over the whole thing, copy it over without any mistakes at all. So that's what we said before, he was able to chazer three starim of Shishan Sudi Mishnah in the morning and three in the evening because he had this real quick way of being able just to look at the page, I'd almost say like a photographic memory, look at the page and just see the whole thing and, uh, and, 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 and be able to copy it. And that is how he copied over many of the Kisve Yades of the Gra. And this is his association with the Gra. Kemat, all or most of the manuscripts and svarim that we have from the Grah today are because the Radal invested effort, as we'll see later in the Shir, to, um, to get them and copy them all over. And then he gave them to Shmuluria, who actually printed them. Um, now, because of this, he was able, even his own svarim, he was able to, to write them, to be masad to them in, in, in many, uh, in, over and over, different drafts of them until they came out perfect. For example, Pirkadur of Lezer, it says that to prepare it for printing, it was 15 different drafts that he finally, until he actually printed it. As I said before, and even that, it seems there was some mess up that there was missing parts from it. But this was his Kayach of, 
um, of writing and of copying. And then he had just the kayak of grasping and understanding and remembering that in a moment he would look at something, not only would he just photographically be able to copy it over, but he would already have the understanding of what it is and it would become ingrained in his memory. And he, he never forgot. He didn't have, shikha was not something, forgetting was not something that he uh, suffered from. And more than all of these, excuse me, all these three things, was all because, and that's really what caused all these three things, was the great siyata d'shmaya that he had, like the Pasuk says by David HaMelech, he had a great siyata d'shmaya. So besides for all of his learning and his writing, he was zaychet to be from those who are matstiki harabim, he supported all the schools in his city, like we said, he was father was wealthy, his father-in-law was wealthy, he gave out massive amounts of money to establish a yeshiva, a yeshiva that gave smicha. And he took Rav Evrol from the city of Vaychav. I don't know who he was, but I think he might have been the Rav of the city. I'm not 100% sure, but he made him as the Rosh Hashiva. And Rav David and his brother, Rav Tzvi Hersh, the older brother, would say shiurim in the yeshiva. And many Talmidim came to the yeshiva, and many of them continued on to be they became big paiskim in Kla Yisrael. In the year Tav Kuf Tzadihei, he was 37 years old, he decided to go into Galus. Go into Galus. And he went to the, uh, he went uh, westward to the region called Valin. We've talked about this region in um, numerous times. It's what's today like western uh, Belarus, that neighborhood. And he went to two cities there that again I could not find where these are, Rahins. Chala, um, and those two are like two villages near a bigger city called Vilitanik. Um I also couldn't find that city, so it, but it's somewhere in that region. So he brought a wagon filled with Sfarim to learn, and he spent 18 months just learning Tyra all by himself, Paprishus. Um, at night he would put his feet in cold water in order that he shouldn't fall asleep. And he was Zoichet to learn there, and he was Zoichet to come to great heights, in Nigla and Ister, and he was he he was able to review all of his learning. Rambam in Tour he learned 101 times, and the Rif 60 times. It's interesting. We mentioned by some of the other Gedolim, Talmidei Agra, and others that even though they went into Gullus, they never missed a minion. However, he was the exact opposite. He was not makpid on minyanim. He held because Tairasa umnasai. His Taira is his uh, umnas, and we find such like Rav Shimon Bar Yechai um, I caught the uh, end of the Mishnah Brewer's share that uh, Rabbi Greenspan was giving. So in that neighborhood um, where you're learning Mishnah Brewer there, it talks about Rav Shem Ben Yechai V'chavei Tairasu Umnasam that they don't have to be mafsik for Kriyashma or Tvila, whatever the halachas, different halachas over there. So um, therefore, because Tairasu Umnasam, he did not worry about davening with a minion. Um, one time it says he had to travel to go hear Pasha Zacher because he needed a minion for that and he couldn't find any wagon to take him. So he ended up traveling on an ox or oxen. It sounds like he, he found some oxen and he, he uh, used them to go. So uh, that is, uh, that is how, how he spent his galus those 18 months. Um, a little bit after that, after he returned in the year Tav Kuf Tzadiches, he was 40 years old 
And some Rishoyim got up and they went and they snitched to the government and they said that he is a rebellious person. And if you look in his manuscripts, especially on Pirkei Durbelezer, you'll see he wrote things against the government. And in fact, what happened is somehow they got a hold of his uh, Ksaviyad and they actually added it in themselves. Um, and they and all of a sudden, uh, on Shabbos Kedish Parsha Shlach of Tov Kuv Tzadiches, the policeman burst into his home and they sent him off to Petersburg to St. Petersburg, which is about 800 kilometers north of his city, to uh, stand trial. And they put him in the fortress of Schlüsselburg. Fortress of Schlüsselburg is about 47 kilometers east on the water there of um, Petersburg, and that was a dungeon there. Um, you could uh, Google search it, and you'll see the history over there. The dungeons for political prisoners, especially in this year, in these years. Um, is when they uh, when they had p- p- uh, political prisoners over there in the fortress of Schlüsselburg, and he was there for 105 days in jail. In his Burim on Pirkei Lazar, in the end of Parak Dalit, Ois Samach. So over there, it's talking about Bria Sa'ilam, and um, the Pirkei Lazar talks about Kadosh Kadosh Baruch Kvayd Hashemim Kaimai, different things. So the Pirkei so the Radal writes Valashem Mechiach. And you see from the Pirkei Dabalazar, Shalafarish Matbea Kedushas Musaf, the Shabbos Viantav Kasi, that he's coming to explain the Nusach of Kedusha of Musaf on Shabbos and Yantav. And he writes, When I was in the fortress of Schlüsselburg in Tavkov Tzadiches, So some of you might remember this from our COVID days when we didn't, weren't able to go to Shul. So I know uh, our Shul sent out it's brought down in some many of the Sidurim that if a person is not able to hear Kaddish or hear Baruchu um, or hear Kedushav during the week, so there's a Brisa to say, and that Brisa is learning, but in it it has Kaddish Kaddish, has Baruchu, and we said this Bimakaim um, having a minion to say these things. It's brought down in the Rekech. So he says the Rishayim were Misakin Brisa's for those things. He says the Rishayim were not Misakin for Kedushas. Musaf of Shabbos and Yantif. He says, but I was stuck, so I would say this Brisa or this Medrash of Pirkadur of Lezer in its stead because it's talking about the Kedusha of Shabbos Musaf of Yantif. He said, the reason the Rishayim weren't Masakin is because um, it wasn't so common that people wouldn't be in Shul on Shabbos and Yantif. During the week, people weren't in Shul, so they missed Kaddish, they missed Kedusha, missed Baruchu, so they were Masakin for them to say things. But, um, Shabbos and Yantif, they weren't. And he says, Mimela, I said this, Bryson. Now, <coughs> there is in some of the Sidurim, and I sent out at that, that time something for the Kedusha Shabbos Viyantif. Maybe it was another Medrash. It wasn't this Pirkadur Belezer, but they do have um, also a Takana for that, for that Kedusha's Shabbos Viyantif. Um, Rabbi Shmuel Luria says there were a lot of Nisim that happened to him while he was in jail. For example, he says on Rosh Hashanah, he got a shoifer b'derech neis. He said there's a lot of inyanim nifloim shakara loishan, many unbelievable things that happened there. He says, and I hope to write a book about it, a separate book. Um, however, um, we don't have it. 
he writes from Parak Membeis until the end of the Sefer, which is Parak Nundalad or Nunhei, of Pirkei Rebelezer, he actually wrote it there in jail. He writes, Be'etai which means with a pencil. He had a, because he didn't have his regular, those days, what you use. He used a fountain pen. He didn't have that. He had some pencil he was able to use. And that's where he wrote a lot of the Sefer of Pirkei Rebelezer. Now in Chuvis Radal, which again, we only have like five Chuvis from him, um, the last tshuva, at the end, there's a shaila that he, he wrote to the, the Rabboni of Manta, Mantavia, Mantovia, I'm not sure even where that is. And it's about keeping Yontif Shani now that we know, have a calendar. So he writes that, it's, he says, just because you, we think we have a calendar, he says, but it is possible that some people don't have access to a calendar. He says, Individuals could be places, for example, Asia. So what happens if they're traveling way out in Asia or in Africa, he says. They don't have a calendar. So they're not sure exactly where Shchaydash is, so they have to keep two days of Yantif, Mina Safik, and a regular Safik, Yantif Shani. Vani Agebri says, when I was locked up, I was in jail because of these false allegations. He says, Again, he went parshas shlach tovkov tzadiches. He was there over Rosh Hashanah until chesun of tovkov tzadites. So he says, in the beginning of tovkov tzadites, he was able to make for himself a calendar for the entire year. He says, but if if I would have been there another year until the next year, I would not have been able to make it. I guess if for some reason he didn't know, couldn't figure it out. And I had nobody to tell me anything. He says, the government they realized that I was uh, innocent and it was all fake and actually when they noticed the different handwriting of how it was written in like we said before they added it in they let me go he says but if I would have been there till the next year I would never have known so I would have had to keep two days yantiv too and he says, you find even, for example, in Italy, he says, sometimes there's an earthquake. He says, what's going to happen if there's an earthquake right before Yontif? And the whole place is going to be to tumult because the big towers have fallen down and all the, the houses have been destroyed. And all of a sudden now they're going to start looking for calendars and figuring out what Yontif is. So all of these instances, there's possibilities. Someone's going to have to keep real two days of Yontif because he doesn't know when Yontif really is. Because of these very normal situations, it's a very interesting outlook. He says, the Rabbanon did not differentiate. They said, no matter what, even though today we have calendars, but if there's a possibility of one person in any time, in any place, that might not have access to a calendar and have to keep two days, everybody has to keep two days. Very interesting psak, the way the Radal says it. Like we said before, like he said, the government realized the whole thing is, is, uh, was false, and they let him go. Um, he said in Cheshvan, Reb Shmuel Luria, um, in the Taldus writes, that he, he came home, Erev Shabbos, a Parsha's boy. So I don't know, from Cheshvan to boy is almost two months. I don't know exactly what took, took so long, but the, when he finally came back to his city, I mean, it was a long journey, but still, there shouldn't be two months to get back home. When he finally came... Um, 
home. He went straight to the, everyone came out to be Makabal Panim, and he said, told the driver to go straight to the big shul and city, and he got up and he said, the Jerusha of Reb Shila in Mesech Tebrachas, Nun Ches on the bottom over there, Reb Shila um, also was captured by the government because he he, he punished somebody, and um, and Ayude uh, Eliyahu Navi, the Gemara says, Anais, he was saved, and uh, he, he, he said, Pasach, Lecho Hashem Agdula, to you Hashem is the Gdula, and he said, Brich Rachmana, Diyavis Machusa Ba'ara Ke Machusa Derekiah, blesses Hashem, who gave over the the uh, sovereignty in this in this world, in this land, just like the Machus of Rekiah, Biyav Lechus Shultan of Dinoi, and he gave that there is a government that is Rachmanim and Din and they and they have mercy and they uh, and they judge properly. That's what Shila said about the government and they said that's when they heard, oh, he really he thinks we're good people and they let him go for free. Let him go free. So he got up and said this same um, bracha that Reb Shila said because he was let go by the government who were honest about what happened. This was in front of thousands of people in Klai Yisrael that came. From there he went to a suda that his father, his father was still alive, and he went to a suda that his father made, and then afterwards he went to be Mekayim his nether. What was his nether? His nether was that if he's freed from jail, he's not going to speak with anyone until he finishes the Chazara. Now remember, he had Chazard, Rambam, and Torah 101 times, but the Rif only 60 times. So he's still missing 41 times of Rif. So Mamela, he had to finish his Chazara 40 or 41 times of the Rif that he was um, lacking, and uh, it took him four months to do that. And uh, he was Mekayim, his neder, that he made while he was in prison. Now, Reb Shmuluria then goes and gives off, I shouldn't say then, but he, he has a list of like different milas and midas that Reb David had. So we'll go f- through, a few, um, through a few of them as categories. Hishkedas Teirase, his diligence. Um, even though he was an unwell person his entire life, he had uh, lung issues, he was very weak, but he was moister nefesh to learn, and um, he um, didn't let himself sleep a lot. During the day, if he would rest, it was not more than a fifth of an hour, 12 minutes, and um, at night he only slept an hour in the beginning of the night, the first third of the night, the first ashmura. It was the longer nights. He would go back to sleep again in the morning for uh, in the in the, the or the I shouldn't say the morning, the last part of the night for up to two hours, but very little sleep. He had a love for Tyra, any safer or Xavya that he found, um, whether it's from the Rishonim, whether it's from the Gra, he was faced with shine. He would be besimcha. You know, we have in in our Vilna Shas design Masechtas Kitanas, the small Masechtas, like Masechta Mezuzah, Masechta Sefer Taira, Masechta Avadim. So at that time, um, it didn't exist. They found the Ksavyad of these Masechtas, which are like Brisas. The first time when it was printed from Ksavyad, it was as if he was reborn, they said, like a Briya Chadasha, and he made a Shechiyanu, that he was able to get them. He would give money and, 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 and spend a lot of money to any travelers who were traveling to far out places that they should look around for any types of manuscripts of any from anyone like we said Rishonim or the Gra and they should have the money to be able to pay for it and bring it back to him um, in the Ha'ara in the beginning of the Sefer Nefesh David and Zayar HaKadosh it writes there we have to be thankful to the Radal if not for him, we would not have the manuscripts of the Grah, because he 
uh, spent his, his, his life and his money to search for them, where they were hidden, and to copy them, and to organize them, like Hashem granted him the schus to do it. <coughs> now in a letter that he wrote in the beginning of Aliyah Salio about the Gra to the Mechaber there, one of the Enoch of the Gra, he wrote, Hayaroi, that it's fitting that in Vilna the Rabbonim should make an announcement that anyone who has in his, in his possession, whether a complete or even an incomplete, Ksav Yad B'Shem Degra, they should bring it immediately. So we should be able to have a copy of it, so we should be able to have all the Torah from the Gra, and there should be a list of, of what we have from him. And he says, He says, perhaps because once they make that announcement and people start talking, they're missing Zayin and Ches. I think we have uh, parts of Zayin and Ches uh, from the Gra. But at that time they were missing. He says, Maybe if people start hearing about it, we'll be able to find um, these Pirushim. Now he also had a lot of stories that he had on the Gra, and he talks about how a lot of stories about the Gra are are the details are not always right. He says, "I'm going to tell you the stories." Shaskim midfus bishmi. I'm agree that you could print them in my name. Zulas gargarim lishamam. In other words, you can't print anything except a few nuggets, so to speak, that I was zeichet to hear me rishon. Either someone who heard it firsthand, or someone was there directly. Neman, someone who's trustworthy. So Ripshal, Ripshal Katzal and Bogan was his Rebbe, as we know, was a Makurov to the Gra. So he um he um he was a first hand uh, knowledge of it. And this Rabbanash also seemed to have first hand. So that's where his stories are that are there in Aliyah Salio that are quoted Bisham the Radal. His covet at Torah and covet for the Sif forum of Torah and the and the and the Kedusha Kedusha so, for example, Shmuel Oya writes that one time he wrote a letter to the Radal from Warsaw. He lived in Warsaw, and he wrote, Tehilo Lekel, you know, thank you to Hashem, but he didn't write Kel, he wrote, he wrote out Hashem's name, Lamed, Aleph, and Lamed. And uh, usually they used to write it Tough Lamed, like it's Rashi Tevis, Tehilo Lekel. But he wrote out the whole thing with the Shem Hashem. So the Radal cut out the Shem Hashem and sent it, ba- sent it back to him in an envelope, and he wrote on the envelope, I'm not obligated to watch your letter that it shouldn't end up a bizayin because the shame Hashem on it. And therefore I'm sending back to you. You take care of it. You take care and make sure it doesn't get thrown out. And he told him you have to be extra careful in the future not to write the shame Hashem. In his Savah, the, in the Minig in those days was that when they carried a person by his Levaya, they would say, Tztaka Tatzel Mimavis, on the way, and people give Tztaka, and Tztaka Tatzel Mimavis is a Pasuk, and he didn't want um, them to say it while they're going in the streets, because maybe they're in a place which is not clean, that you're not allowed to say Psukim. So in his Savah, he writes by his Levaya, they should just say Tztaka, 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 don't say Tatzel um, Mimavis. Um... Now, his covered for Loim Dei Torah, any Tamachachim or Ben Torah would come to him, he would stand up, he would mechabed him, mamish like an Eved, with Ava, with Chiba. If you remember on the Shir on the Nitziv, we said that the Nitziv had a point where he told, uh, he told um, 
the uh, Mekarbaruch, he told uh, the Teretzmima that uh, he felt a little dejected, the people in the Bacharim and the Yeshiva weren't being Mesiachas for him too much, and the Radal was Mechazakim. We said this in the Shia on the Nitziv, and because of that, the Radal gave him Askama on his Sefer Hamek Sheila on the Shiltais, which is brought in the Pesach Oemek in the introduction there. <coughs> he brings the Radal's Askama, and the Radal writes, Afkimioidi, lo iskamti al shum Sefer Bzvus. I never gave askama on any printed sefer. But for the chavivus and the nitziv, because I, I went out of my uh, my comfort zone and I made an exception. But uh, he, he was being mechazik, the the nitziv, and that's uh, how the nitziv. The nitziv said he was thinking of becoming a balabas, and because of the radal, he continued to learn. His chesed, he took care of aniim, he took care of yisaimim, he took care of downtrodden. He was Isaac and Bikr Chaylim. He was a, because he, he was a Bucky in uh, medical knowledge, even the doctors um, were, were, were in a spell from him, and he would go be Mavaka Chaylim, and he would tell them what to do to become better. He was unbelievable, Anav, Shvaruach, and for example, although he was proficient in Kabbalah, and he learned Kabbalah every night, Bitsina, after Chatzais, but he never in public ever mentioned the Zayar or Kabbalah, so that no one should think he has any Asik in his Taurus, except the people who were close with him, with him knew that he was proficient in Kabbalah. He didn't, didn't agree to take any Rabbanus, in fact, in Tafresh Yadalid, they wanted to offer him the Rabbanus of Warsaw, and he refused to take that Rabbanus. In Tafresh Tezayin Motzayim Akipurim, so Tafresh Tezayin, is 1855, he started um, um, being misboided from B'nai Adam, meaning he, 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 he separated himself from people and was only evolved to be Moisif Tahara and preparing himself for his last day as if, as if he understood that this is going to be his last year. And he, um, he organized his learning in his mind so that uh, he shouldn't be embarrassed when he comes to the Ilam Ames. And his Iker Ion at that time, you say, what do you mean? He organized his learning. His Iker Ion was in Kabbalah, in Zayar, and other things as well. And seven days before he was Nifter, he got very sick, and it was a stomach sickness, like we said, uh, we said by other Gedalim, it's a Simen Taiv, they, they, they're Matar, they're Guf. And for those seven days, even though he was very sick, he was Mishazik himself to accept his Yisurim Ba'ava. What does it mean? What's Yisurim Shalava? The Gemara says, Yisurim Shalava, if, if it's not Mevatol, Torah or Tzvilah, so therefore he made an extra effort, although he was sick and in Yisurim, that there should be no bitul Torah or Tzvilah from his sickness. And um, on his last day at night, he, uh, he, he, he said, Tikkun Chatzais, in the middle of the night, crying in a very loud voice, so much so that he woke up the neighbors, and the neighbors started crying along with him. And in the morning, he davened uh, with the Nates, Vasikin, like we said, and uh, he was mechazik himself, the way he says this, he, he, he clothed himself with oiz v'hadr, with strength and glory, to be mekayim, the mitzvah of avas Hashem be'is netilasai. Avtas Hashem v'chalavavcha, even Hashem is noitol nafshecha, you have to love Hashem, he says, that means to say you have to love Hashem when Hashem is taking your, your neshama, and he was nifter, b'chatzais yoyim, in the midday of hey kislev, of tafresh tezayin, of 1855, when the entire city heard about it, they were crying, they took his aron, they took his uh, mita, they took his body to the big shul in the city, they put him on the bima, they put his aron on the bima, they were masped him, and then they brought him to the Beis Akvaris, and they buried him next to his father, and next to his older brother of Tzvi Hersh. This is the Radal, 
who, as I said, was not a Talmud of the Gra, but as we saw, for sure in Kabbalah and in many other things as well, without him we wouldn't have many of the Torah from the Kisve Yadus of the Gra. This is the Radal. Schusayogin Aleinu, Balkal Yisrael. Have a wonderful day, everybody, and call Tov.